We've been in a, a series now for several weeks. Um, this is the last one from this series called God's Will Revealed. And uh, the first one we kind of just really went through and was talking about that God does have a will for every single person. Uh, the last two weeks, we were talking about really God's will for everyone. Because there is, if you want to look at it this way, there is kind of a general will or a foundational thing that God wants to build upon. And uh, you can go back and get the teachings. I'll just kind of recap real quick, but you can go back and get the teachings online on uh, spirit-life.org. You can find the messages there. But, you know, foundations have to be laid before, before uh, levels can be raised. God wants to take us to new levels, but you got to have the right foundation in order to be able to go to the next levels. And we all want to know, I believe it's across the board, every one of us want to hear God's specific will for our own individual life. Can you say amen? I want to know God's will for me. You want God to know God's will for you, for our families, and so forth, because really we were created to walk in His will. We were, we were created to walk in that closeness with God, with Him, and and I've been kind of the Holy Spirit teaching me principles over the years, and I want to give you just three principles today. Now, they're not, these, these are principles. I know they work because I've seen them work in my life as the Lord led me to these to help me to find God's specific will for my life. But it's not just a one-time catch-all thing in the sense of, you know, you can use this over and over again. I'm at a place right now where I need to be seeking God's will again in certain areas, freshest. There's new levels that God has for us. You can't build a third level if you don't have the second level there. You can't build a second level if you don't have the first level. You can't build a first level if you don't have the foundation. Well, you can if you want, but it's not going to last because storms in life come. And if you want to survive any storm in life, you've got to be able to be built upon a foundation that can handle the storms. Can you say amen? So that's what I want to teach you today. So there's basics that we need to learn, and that's what we were talking about the last two weeks. The basic, these are really the general will or the foundational will that God has for every single human being ever on the face of the planet that he wants every one of us to walk in in. And those things were like, he wants everyone to be saved. It's God's will for everyone to be saved. It's God's will for everyone to know the truth, for everyone to be sanctified or really to live our lives set apart for him, to be used by him, to work with him. Can you say amen? And for everyone to honor authority and for everyone to always be grateful. Those, those are God's will. You can specifically see it straight in the scripture in these verses. It says, this is God's will for you to walk. It's for every single person. And if you want to know God's specific will for you, you're going to have a hard time understanding that specific will if you're not walking in the foundational will, the general will of God. How can we, you know, uh, stay in tune with the Lord if I'm dishonoring to authority or if I'm being ungrateful and complaining? Amen. If I'm being grateful, gratefulness keeps us in, in faith. You can't be in faith and not be thankful. Amen. Because that thankful position is having, you're at a place of receiving from the Lord what he has given to you, what he promised to you. Can you say amen? So a couple of scriptures that we went through, one of them was Romans uh, chapter 12 and two, it says this. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God. Who's going to do it? God. Let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way that you think. 
And that's what we were walking to these last couple of weeks. We were walking through the process of changing the way that we think. Because remember, God says, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He's not saying that we can never understand them. He's saying without me helping you understand, you're never gonna understand them. But let me show you. So we can be transformed into a new person by changing the way that we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's not broken up. It's not there's a good will, there's a pleasing will, and there's a perfect will. It's all God's will. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. And I want to please God. How about you? Don't you want to please, anybody else want to please the Lord this morning? Amen. Hebrews 11.6 says this, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists or that he is and that he cares enough to respond to or reward those who seek him. So we have to seek his will. And that's one of the other scriptures we got and then we'll get in. Jeremiah 29, 13, when you come looking for me, the Lord says in Jeremiah, when you come looking for me, you'll find me, yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than everything else. You know, some of the t- I, I really believe this and I've seen it in times in my own life um, when I didn't see uh, you know, things happening in my life like I wanted to see it or I didn't see the promises being revealed in my life like I wanted to see them it really came down to a place in those times I really wasn't serious about seeking the Lord as I thought I was serious about seeking the Lord. We gotta take it kind of back to ourselves. Am I really serious about seeking God? Am I really serious about understanding his will for my life? Because the reality is that the ordinary Christian says they want God's will in their life, but they're not willing to do what it's necessary in order to be able to seek him to find him. But we're not going to be ordinary Christians, are we? We want to be extraordinary. Extraordinary. Another way to say it is extraordinary. We want to be extraordinary Christians. And God leads us. He always leads us back to him. So I want to give you just these three things to help you understand so you can find him. Because his promise is when you look for me, you'll find me when you search for me with everything that you've got. When you really search for me. You know, there was times of revelations that I, I was coming to the Lord that I thought I was really seeking the Lord, and as I began to get more serious about seeking him, I found out that I, there was different levels of really being serious in him, you know, amen, and just understanding, and, and as I began to really seek him, as he began to reveal more things to me, I realized I was giving some, but I wasn't giving all, and God wants it all. He wants all of you because he wants to surround you. He wants to fill you with who he is. Can you say Amen. So we have a, a thing that we have done many, many years in, in our house. Um, we call, you know, whenever we can find stuff, it's, I, I call myself a ninja because I'm really known in our house for finding things. If, if somebody wants to find something that gets lost, go to dad. I'm sorry? Oh, my wife says her glasses are lost right now. She's the most difficult to try to find things. Whenever, she really, she puts me to the test. Because um, usually when you want to find something, the first thing you do is like, okay, where did I last put them? Where did I last have them? Well, you know, kind of thinking that way. And then I'm like, okay, what's my routine? What do I usually do with my glasses? 
And recently, because I'm at that age now where I'm kind of like bi, I thought I was kind of borderline bifocals, but I realized after not going with bifocals, I'm bifocal. I should have did it, but I didn't. But uh, so I put my glasses down a lot, and now I'm finding myself, where did I put my glasses? And it's hard to find something when you need eyesight to see it, right? And so sometimes you got to ask other people. But so we have a thing with our kids whenever we're looking for something, um, you know, and, and my daughter's probably one that has more of the ninja skill from dad. We call you a ninja. It's like, oh, you, you're working on your ninja senses, you know, being able to find everything. Uh, or we'll just joke with each other, oh, you're not a ninja. No, I'll look for it. But uh, we want to be able to find God's will for us. Can you say amen? So to know God's will and not just his general will, but his specific will, we're talking about the foundation now and now putting everything on that's going to be able to erect things up to really bring, you know, first floor, second floor, and so forth, where God wants to do in your life specifically. This is for you. I mean, there's things in Scripture that we know the general things that are going on, but, and, and God will use the Scripture to help us, but there's specific things like, hey, God wants, you know, he wants you to move over here or do that or marry this person. You're not going to find marry so-and-so inside the Scriptures. But God will confirm things in the Scriptures. I'll give you an example. Um, our, our pastors, Pastor Arthur is in heaven right now, and Pastor Deborah, um, they dated for a while, and then he ended up, um, uh, stopped, they stopped dating, and he ended up, was kind of interested in another girl, and you know, Deborah was kind of like, hey, what's going on? And, and she just began to trust the Lord, to believe in for the right person, and, and then uh, you know, God began to bring him back into her life, and, and she was like, Lord, what's going on? You know, I want someone who's committed, Lord. You know? And as she was reading uh, the scriptures, she came across a Philemon, just one chapter book in the Bible, and it talked about, Paul was talking about to um, uh, his, this, this friend, I guess it was Philemon. Um, yeah, because it was Onesimus, was the, was the, uh, he was a slave at the time, but he ended up getting saved. And he, his master was uh, Philemon, or Philemon, however you want to say it. A flame on, in Jesus' name. And uh, so Paul said, hey, you know, this, you know he, he ran away from you because he escaped from his master, he says, but he, he escaped from you, uh, but through that, he became my son in the faith, and now he's, he's good to God, to me, and to you, and I'm going to send him back to you. And, and the Lord used that scripture to Deborah to say, hey, he went away from you, but I'm bringing him back to you because now he's a benefit to you. The Lord used that to speak to her specifically that Arthur was the one that she was to marry. So God confirmed it through his word. There are specific things. So the first thing, if you're going to know God's specific will for your life, is this. You need to accept God's invitation to come and find him. It's your responsibility to seek God's will for your life. You need to accept the invitation to come and to find him. You know, whenever you receive, you know, before all of our Google stuff, uh, you know, we have our phones we can get on and just put an address in, a lot of things would happen by intersections and it's specifically even landmarks. You know, when you get to Big Ole, you know, take a right, you know, and just go down. You get off the interstate, just take a right down the interstate, just keep going. That's Broadway, and you just keep going. When you see Big Ole, you take a right. Well, you're looking for this Big Ole, this big statue. That was a landmark. And you could say, hey, I'm going to be down there at the park, at the Big Ole Park. You go, you find Big Ole, you're going to find me. Doesn't mean I'm going to be standing right beside Big Ole, but it means I'm going to be in that area. 
And sometimes when we're looking specifically for God's will, he'll give us landmarks to be able to find him, but we still at that landmark, we know that he's there. We've got to be looking around. I'm looking for so-and-so in a red cap, right? You're getting there. So there's that, uh, that leading that he brings us to, that landmark, and we need to begin to search. So you have to accept God's invitation to come and to find him. And... Uh, there has to be, our pastor used to always say, you know, there's no plan B. Faith ha- doesn't have a backup plan. If you're going to be in faith, there's no backup plan. That's what you always said. Faith doesn't have a backup plan. If you're going to go all in with the Lord, you're going to seek God's will for your life, then not, not being able to understand God's will is not an option anymore. You know that he has invited you to come into him to understand things that he wants to show you that you haven't seen before. So, him not showing me is not an option anymore because I know I've got the invitation to come and to see. So now I just go. Can you say amen? So here's two things, uh, scriptures that go along with that, and one of them really became kind of a life scripture to me. Um, the first one is Jeremiah 33, 3. This is God's invitation. Call to me, and I will answer you, or I will respond, and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. So there's, he's telling you, invitation, call to me, and I will respond to you. I will answer you. If you call to me, I will answer you. Does that mean he's going to answer on the very first call? Well, how serious am I, am I about really finding him? God, I'm calling to you. I, I spent one day right there. And, oh, I guess he's not, it's not for me. I guess it's for somebody else, not me. Well, no, I'm not very serious about it. That's kind of like our, our kids, whenever they would find something, they would go look, especially, you know, Silas, he's just a little guy anyhow, but say, hey, did you look for your shoes? Yeah, I went into my room. And his idea is like going into his room going like this. It's not there. And he goes out. Did you really look in the room? Did you look under the bed? Did you look in the closet? Well, no. Then you need to look there. We don't give up looking when he said, we're talking about God here, God giving you the invitation. I want to tell you things. I want to show you things that you have never seen before. And let me tell you, they're good things. They're perfect things. They're pleasing things that he wants to reveal to you. But you've got to come. You've got to receive that invitation. And he says here, I'll show you unsearchable things. doesn't mean, it's, it's really, it's not, not that you can't find them. It's like you just can't find them on your own. You need him to help you see what these things are. And Natasha and I kind of came to that place in our lives, you know, we we're serving the Lord, serving the Lord at our church, but we know that even in our church, and, and God grew us up there, that there was more that God had for us. And we kind of got to be kind of unsettled. There's that holy frustration, as Pastor Greg had taught me. You know, you get frustrated, and there's a frustration that don't lead to God, and there's a holy frustration. If you understand it as a holy frustration, that's God's invitation to come deeper with him and get really serious about seeking him out and his plan for your life. And we knew that that was happening, that there was going to come full-time ministry. And the Lord gave me this scripture. I read it, and it has to do with the coming of the Holy Spirit. It's in John chapter 16, verse number 12 and 13. Jesus was speaking to his disciples. He also speak to us. He says this, I have many more things to say to you, but you can't bear them right now. Let's hold that for a second. I have many more things to say to you, but you can't bear them right now. Think about being one of his disciples right there. The 12, right there, this is kind of on, this, on the same night. This is at the, at the, uh, the last night, at the, uh, um, uh, the last supper, so, so to say. And he's telling his disciples, I have many more things to say to you, but you can't bear them right now. Okay, what, Jesus, this is your last night. What? 
I have many more things to say to you, but you can't, you can't bear them right now. He knows what you can bear and what you can't bear in the time and the seasons that you're in. But he has many more things to say to you. And then he goes on to this, say this. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will disclose to you what is to come. I have many more things to say to you. Whenever I saw this and I knew where I was in my life, and maybe you're a hindrance right now, and you're in that holy frustration, you know that there is more. I believe the whole church as a whole, the body in the earth, the body of Christ in the earth, is right now we are in a transitional place because there's things that God is going to release on the earth that we have not seen yet. They've been unsearchable up to this point, but we've got to keep following after him and seeking after him so that he will show us and tell us. How do you like that? Have a show and tell with the Holy Spirit. He wants to show you and tell you the same things that Jesus had to do in order to be able to do the works of the Father. He's letting us to be able to do the same way that Jesus had to do it. I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. I don't say anything unless I hear the Father say it. When I hear it and when I see it, I say it and I do it because with seeing and with hearing comes the authority to be able to do. Can you say amen? So you need to accept his invitation. I I just saw that for the first time years ago as an invitation. There is many more things I want to say to you, Jeff. There's many more things I want to say to you. But you can't bear them right now. But when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth and he will show you things to come. There's that invitation. I got a lot more things. Now come. And I'm giving you a helper, the Holy Spirit, to help you understand those things can you say amen? You know, somewhere, and you may have heard me say this before, but it's something that just got kind of big in me over studying and just over these last couple of years, but at some point in your relationship with God, you, as the pursued by God, need to be the pursuer of God. You need to go from just being a pursued one to a pursuer of God. It's one thing for God to always to come to us and prompt us. God wants us to turn back to him and prompt him. Of all the promises that he has for us, it's any relationship, any healthy relationship, it takes two, right? God's expressing himself to us. He wants us to express ourselves to him. We go from both sides. God, God's okay with pursuing, but he also wants to be pursued. God wants to be pursued. You know, look at, look at Moses. When Moses was, and you'll see this through Scripture, when Moses was on the mountain, God had his plans. He had his will for Moses to go back to Egypt and to set the captives free. And he was up in the mountains, and, and God tried to capture his attention. He was giving Moses an invitation, and all of a sudden, there's this burning bush, and maybe, maybe he saw in all his years, you know, the dryness of the desert, and saw some things, maybe lightning, kind of, you know, burning bushes, but there was something different about this one. It was, it was burning, or it was on fire, but it was not being consumed. And the Bible says that Moses said to himself, I must turn to look at this. This is different. What God was really doing was trying to capture Moses' attention. When God saw that he got Moses' attention and that Moses drew near to see what was going on, God spoke a specific will to Moses. Do you see it? And we could go through Scripture and see this, but he, he, he accepted the invitation. You have to go from being the pursued to being the pursuer. It's another level of your relationship with God. So you need to accept the invitation. Number two, 
You need to believe that you were created to know God. We, as the body of Christ, have to get over this lie, cast it out, tie it up, put some weights on it, throw it in the sea, and say, listen, we were created to hear God. Everything about you was designed to commune with God. Everything about you. The way God formed you was for you to be covered in and inhabited by the presence of God. You know, and I, I don't know all the, the details of it because I'm not, you know, in, in, uh, to understand electric and all these things, but I heard someone say this, teach us one time, that the body was actually, you know, because God is really just energy, not energy in itself, but there's energy there. Just, he is light. Light is energy. It's power. And this electrician who was also a minister had said, like, you know what? The, the, the best conduit or the insulator ever is the body created to house God. Everything about you was meant to, to know God and to come closer to him. And this is one, one place where um, just in my own life, you know, when we were kind of transitioning out from being a land sur- surveyor and getting ready to go into ministry and starting a traveling ministry, I knew that God had some things that he wanted me to do and it was gonna cause me to step out of my, out of my comfort zone, really by faith and trusting him to be used by him. Because it's one thing to be able to, to work with my pastor in a ministry that's you know, really trusted to him and working with him and then going out on my own and having to trust the Lord to be able to be used by him. Can you say amen? And, and I remember I was walking back and forth in, in um, uh, my kitchen at the time. We were in Florida and just walking back and forth between the kitchen and the living room and Natasha and the kids were sleeping at that time. And I'm just, I'm frustrated and I, and I, and I want to know God, but I'm also scared because I don't want to mess up. You ever been there? I want to step out, Lord, but I don't want to mess up. And I doubted that I heard the Lord. We have to believe that you were created to know God, to hear him. And I, I was just pacing back and forth. I was like, God, I know, I know inside that you're telling me to do things that I've never done before, but I'm, I'm, I'm really scared. How do I know if it's you, Lord God? I don't want to mess up. I don't want to be used by the enemy. I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want to be used by you, Lord. And in my spirit, all of a sudden, the Lord spoke, and he said, you know my spirit. It was kind of a rebuke. And a, bringing it back is like, listen, quit struggling over these things like you don't know me or you don't hear me. You know me. You know my spirit. See, we have to stop listening to the lies and believing that we hear God. If you're in here today and Christ is on the inside of you, you accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You know you became a new creation. You've heard God. And from there on out, you hear God. Doesn't mean you don't hear other voices. Things can try to come, and really it's just what we have to do as Christians is we silence the other voices so that the voice that means the most is the loudest in our lives. Amen? And we have to be able to step out. So once we know what God speaks and he's there and he speaks to us, well, there's still another element that we have to do because we know there's a difference between knowing here and knowing by experience that when I step out on what I believe God has said to me, I step out and God will confirm his word. Every single time that God has asked me to step out in something, and it will always take faith, and it will always make you come out of a comfort zone, period. Might as well just, just understand that right now. To follow God, you're going to be stepping out of your comfort zones. 
But with each step you take towards him, he's taking a step close to you, and it becomes, you're just like, I'll do it again, Lord, because I want to get closer to you. I want to come to know you more. And there's not one time when God asked me to step out in faith to do something, whatever it was, he always confirmed what he said he would do. Was there times that I stepped out that I thought it was God and it ended up not happening? Yeah, that's called learning too. Okay, that, maybe that was a little more close to home. Like the Bible says, you know, it takes the word of God to be able to discern between your own emotions, your, your, your soul, and the spirit of God. Sometimes you have to get back in that, what I call the planning room, and you're just there with God, and you're, you're praying, but you're listening. Okay, God, and willing to lay it all on the line. Lord, here's what I believe you spoke to me clear up to this point. Everything, even all the things that you've confirmed in my life up to this point, and the things that I believe you're showing me that are gonna take place in the future, here they are, do what you want with them. I put everything on the board. You can change it, rearrange it however you want it. Guys, we have to realize that we are a blank canvas, and we have to let the artist, the true artist, draw upon us the way that he wants to. It's not, it's not for you to determine God's will for your life. It's for you to receive God's will for your life and walk it out. He's already decided what he wants to do with you, and it's good and it's pleasing, and it's perfect. Can you say amen? Are you getting anything this morning? So you hear his voice. That's what the Lord spoke to me. I believe he's saying it to you, that you know his spirit. And when he said that, all of a sudden, he took me to John chapter 10. When he said that, it just came at the same time. When he said, you know, it's like, it's like you know, do you ever get a hold of somebody and you just shake him? It's like I was getting shook by the Lord. You know my spirit. Not in a rough way, but it's kind of like, wake up, boy. You know me. And he took me right to, to John, and I was like, well, Lord, if, if, you know, if this is you speaking to me, I need to see it in the Word. Bam, right there it was, John 10. Now, in John 10, I'm going to show you that there's different times that he says this, but you can look for it yourself, and I, I, I hope you'll search it out for yourself. It talks about the sheep and the shepherd. So in verse number three, he says, my sheep hear my voice. Are you a sheep of the Lord? You hear my voice, he says. Verse number four says, my sheep know my voice. We're getting deeper now. You hear my voice, you know my voice. And in verse number 14, he says, I know my own and my own know me. I know them and they know me. He says, I call them by name. Then, then he says, as you get down further in that chapter, he says, my sheep follow me. So here we go from my sheep hear my voice my sheep know my voice. My sheep know me and I know them. My sheep follow me. It's like God saying to you when we're doubting, you know my spirit. You know me. So we have to, I had to begin to wrestle with those thoughts that were coming against me and it is a wrestle at times. I had to wrestle with those thoughts that were telling me I didn't know God and I, the only way you can combat things in the spirit is with spiritual words and I had to take the words of God and combat those spiritual words that were trying to keep me separated from God that tries to keep you separated from God and I had to say, I know your voice. I hear your voice. I follow you, Lord God. And I'd begin to go back with the help of the Holy Spirit and remember all the times that, 
that I had followed him in the past and how he led me. And if he led me all those ways in the past, just like you, why would he stop leading me now when he gave an invitation to come and to see things and know things that you've never known before? New things. Things that at that time you couldn't bear, but here they are now, many more things that God has for you. Can you say amen? So you have to accept God's invitation. You need to believe that you were created to know God. And lastly, you need to trust the Lord and follow his lead. This is where your faith, just kind of like the old saying is, this is where the rubber meets the road, right? This is where things come to action because, okay, great. I've, I've, fall, I've you know, responded to that invitation. I'm believing that I hear your voice. Now, if I'm hearing your voice, I need to step out and follow your lead. I need to trust I need to trust you. Man, our Christian walk comes right down to that. Trust. Trust. There's been multiple times, I'm not the only one, I know you sitting right here, the Holy, Holy Spirit helping you right now, reminding you of things where you had to step out in faith and it was scary in the flesh. Sometimes it didn't even make sense in the flesh. It's like, you're asking me to do that. How can that, how is it even possible? I'll give you a quick story. Just popped in my head. Um, uh, Robert, Ke- was, it, was his name, Ginger? Robert Keter, Keterling? Ke- Ketterling, thank you. Robert Ketterling. He's a pastor um, in, in um, Greater Valley. River Valley, my bad. It's River Valley Church. And uh, they started great. He has a book. It's called Fix It. Uh, and he's got several books, but that was a really good one. And he talked about the Lord was, he was in, a, in what I call the planning room. He was in this place where he's praying to God. And God said he wanted him to have multiple campuses. And while he was there spending time with the Lord, the Lord, you know, he had a map of the area. And he felt divinely led, like this area, like he had some pins in his hands. And he felt like the Lord was leading him to, we're going to have one there. We're going to have one there. We're going to have one here. We're going to have whatever, however many it was. And, uh, all of a sudden, supernaturally, just things begin to happen. Like once somebody within like, like that week, I think it was, like someone called from the one area that he had felt the Holy Spirit put a, a mark on that little city that was close to them saying, hey, we have a facility. Our church is closing up. Do you want it? He's like, are you kidding? Lord, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. You know, the Lord told me this, uh, you won't even believe. Some, some things that people, other people won't believe. But God, God always speaks things out first because he wants to receive the credit. So he, he tells things first, so someone knows about it, and then when it comes to pass, he's like, see what I did? I, I, I'm declaring them to you beforehand so that you can see. Well, there was this other church that, uh, he, uh, that uh, was kind of getting ready to fold up or whatever had happened. Uh, they just kind of dwindled down or whatever. And uh, somebody got a hold of him and said, hey, would you come? We'd like to be able to meet with you and, and possibly, you know, uh, you know, hand our church building whatever over to you guys. There was just a couple people left. And when he showed up, he's like, everybody did not want him to be there. I mean, everybody that was left on the board or whatever, they're all just, you know, you're coming to take over whatever. Like, and he's just like, I'm just trying to follow the Holy Spirit. And before he walked in the door, the Lord told him and said, tell him you're an organ donor. And he's like, what? God, that must have been pizza. Tell him I'm an organ donor? What does that have to do with anything? And they get in there. They begin to talk back and forth. And um, people just don't want to listen. They're they're there. They don't want to listen. All of a sudden, the Lord says, now, tell him. And he's like, all right. He's like, I just want you guys to know, know that I'm an organ donor. 
And as, as he began to speak it out, God gave him more. See, that's that step of faith. Sometimes God will just give you a little bit. You've got to step out. And as he began to step out, he's like, you know, on my driver's license, if I were to die, that it says organ donor, that whatever organs are functional and can help out anybody else, it will go to those people so it can bring life to them. He said, I'm saying that, and the Lord just gives him more revelation as he's speaking. I'm saying that, he goes, because your church is not dying, you're an organ donor. You can choose to do nothing and completely die out, or you can choose to donate your organs to something else that God is doing and be a part of it. And, and this is how God works. All of a sudden, every single person that was in there that was like this was now like, let's vote right now. I think we should do it. <laughs> because you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it don't, the majority of the time, it don't make sense up here. It's a faith thing. It's in your spirit. You've got to follow his lead. And this is the one thing that I've used over and over again. If you've ever received like a card from me in the mail, if you're a visitor and you receive a card, I put this scripture in there the majority of the time. It's Psalms 32.8. This became one of my greatest life scriptures that the Lord showed me this principle of trusting him and following his lead. And the scripture says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. That's the scripture. Then it goes on the very next verse. It says this, so don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've never been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along. Just come with me. So the Lord used that scripture after he had given me the, the other scripture about I got many more things to say to you, but you can't bear them now, but the Holy Spirit's going to be there. So it's really, there's things obviously in our, in our lives and our walk that we can't bear at that moment, but we have the Holy Spirit now, just like the, you know, they didn't have the Holy Spirit at that moment, now then they did shortly after. We have the Holy Spirit to help us. And I had to come and I had to walk. I literally, you know, walking back and forth with this scripture, going back and forth, just saying, you're going to lead me and guide me in the way that I should go. You're going to counsel me with your eye upon me. I don't know what to do, Lord. You're going to lead me and you're going to guide me in the way that I should go. You're going to counsel me with your eye upon me. I don't have the answer yet, Lord, but you're going to lead me and you're going to guide me in the way that I should go. You're going to counsel me with your eye upon me. You're looking at me, Lord. You see me right now walking. I'm seeking you out. You said I would be found by you. You're going to lead me. I need an answer, Lord God. I'm not doing this in my own heart. See, sometimes the process goes down so that God can actually weigh through the motives in your own life. Why are you doing it anyhow? Are you doing it to be seen by others or are you doing it to get closer to God? Everything that he does is to bring us closer. Everything that we do should to get us closer to him as well. It's that connection with the Father. Can you say amen? I can't... I know these principles work. I've seen them work over and over and over from the first time God gave them to me in this order, and I, I use them then, I use them now. When I get stuck in a place, I'll go back to these principles. They work, but I can't walk your floor for you. I can't give up the time that you've got to give up. I can't tune everything else out of your life. You have to do that. This is where the rubber meets the road. Do you want to be serious about seeking God or just, hey, if it happens, it happens? Guess what? If you do, the, if, if, if whoever's a Christian, if they, if they say, you know, okay, sarah, sarah, if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen, guess what? It's probably not going to happen. Because it's God's will for everyone to be saved. Does everyone get saved? 
No, not everyone chooses him. It's God's will for everyone. He wants to give you his specific will for you specifically, but you've got to walk this out. You've got to make, take the invitation and make it personal to yourself. You've got to understand and know that you hear his voice because he's living on the inside. And then you've got to believe and trust in him that he's going to lead you in the way that you should go. And one of those revelations as you meditate, this is the importance of meditating on Scripture, as I would meditate over this and just repeat that over and over and over and over. I don't know, probably thousands of times I've repeated this Scripture to myself. Just going, you're going to lead me and guide me in the way that I should go. You're going to counsel. At the same time as I'm speaking it and thinking it, I'm listening in the Spirit. So all of a sudden, things would begin to light up. Okay, so that means uh, even though I don't have the answer right now, it's okay, I can continue to walk forward, and if I need to change direction anywhere along the line, you're going to let me know exactly when I need to know it, right? Sometimes we just sit there and not going to do anything. No, as I'm moving forward in faith, I trust you, Lord, that's an act of trust, that as I'm moving along, if I'm going the wrong way, you're going to turn me around because you love me. You're looking at me, and I'm wanting to do your will, not mine. So if I'm going the wrong way, you're not going to let me go the wrong way. You're going to turn me around, and I'm going to learn something from it, and I'm going to be better because of it, because you're the one leading and guiding. So you're here with me. He's here with you. Can you say amen? And this should be a life scripture for everybody. Psalm or Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your paths straight. One translation says he'll show you which path to take. What is he really saying there? He'll reveal his will to you, his specific will to you as you trust him. You have to trust him, and you have to acknowledge him. To trust him is to be confident in, secure in, sure of, and to find safety in, and who he is. And that, that's the key point. It's, it's who he is. It's not what he's doing. If you're always trying to figure out what God is doing, no wonder you're frustrated. I've been there. If you're trying to figure out what God is doing, you will live frustrated. But if I put my trust in who he is, that never changes. You'll never know exactly all that God is going to do but you can trust in him because he never changes, period. That's what never changes. It's his character, it is nature, amen? Gave you some tools to be able to help you not only walk in God's general will for your life, but to be able to walk in God's specific will for your life. I believe these work. I've seen them work in my own life. I've seen them work in other people's lives. Now the homework comes. You've gotta take this and activate it in your own life. If you need to go back and listen to this whole series, you go back and listen to it again. But get sober and serious about seeking God for your life. Can you say amen? Would you stand up this morning?